0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, and welcome to the Balance Club. This is our midweek moment. I'm Beth Burns, theater director, writer, performer, teacher, and mom. Today, I want to talk about resilience. It is a big, important concept, and it's much needed at this moment as we think about the close of what has been an extraordinarily tough year for us all. And let's acknowledge that this will have been a much tougher year for some than others, possibly the toughest. I know we can't apply a one-size-fits-all approach for those who are experiencing trauma or working through specifically painful situations in their lives. But I do want to talk through general principles of resilience that you can choose to apply to what's going on in your life or not. If you're following a therapeutic or medical program, please continue to follow that advice. But if you're looking for tools to help you make sense of the madness of 2020 and find inspiration towards how to keep moving forward in 2021, then I hope you'll find special comfort and motivation in today's topic. I think it's useful to speak about resilience because there seems to be a sense at the moment that with the holiday season coming and a vaccine thankfully on the way, and all of the excitement for a light at the end of that pandemic tunnel... The facts of the matter are getting lost. The desire for life to be back to normal as soon as possible is real. And for a pandemic that really kick started at the beginning of the calendar year, what better way to see it gone than to draw a line at the end of that calendar year? But the thing is that viruses or vaccines or hope don't dutifully adhere to the human calendar. The virus and the vaccines don't know that we have six weeks until 2021. They don't care. Mass production and delivery on a global scale will probably take until next spring at the least. So not to be a killjoy, but that's five to six months from now. So even though it's important to have hope and stay optimistic, we've still got a few good miles of that marathon to run until we cross the finish line and get ourselves a cozy foil blanket and a medal for participating. If it's hope that allows us to dream, it's resilience that allows us to act. Resilience is the bridge between now and spring. People often describe resilience as the ability to bounce back from adversity. That kind of makes me think of a tennis ball being shot over a net and bouncing way up into the sky. It's a really short, sharp action with a fast result. I think it's maybe more helpful to think of resilience as your own mental reservoir. It's pretty still, it's wide, deep. It's a place that you have right inside of you, that you can rely on when all your other day-to-day strategies have run out of steam or just aren't pulling their weight as usual. It doesn't mean that you'll magically stop feeling grief or anxiety or pain, but it does mean that you will be able to handle things in a way that allows positivity in and helps you to keep growing and moving forward. In exceptional situations or when you're facing long-running stressors as we are right now, resilience is the well that can prevent you from becoming emotionally dehydrated by what you're experiencing. There's a lovely quote from Maya Angelou that I want to mention here because although she doesn't name it, I do think she's speaking about resilience. In her poetic guidebook and memoir, Letter to My Daughter, she says, You may not control all the events that happen to you. But you can decide not to be reduced by them. Love that. So resilience, once you know how to tap it, is a positive alternative to other ways of reacting to a challenging situation. Other ways, for the record, might include dwelling on or wallowing in problems, using unhealthy coping mechanisms, pretending it's not happening to you, getting angry, isolating yourself from loved ones, or even blaming yourself for your situation. It's pretty normal to go through at least a few of these less healthy reactions, by the way, so don't be hard on yourself if you are currently staring at a credit card receipt for a bottle of wine and a bucket of chicken wings. So how do we find our resilience? Where does it come from? Well, it's a little different for everyone, but there are a few common denominators. First, having a good relationship with yourself is really helpful, and that means not beating yourself up when you're anything less than perfect. It means speaking to yourself in the way that you'd speak to a loved one who needed help and acknowledging out loud or in a journal how you are feeling without judgment or overanalyzing. Letting yourself know, I'm panicked, I'm sad, I'm furious. It's really good because then you can empathize with yourself and start to look for ways to alleviate those feelings. It's called self-compassion and that can sound fluffy and like you should just go take a bath, but it's really incredibly powerful. Kristen Neff, PhD, who is the author of Self Compassion The Proven Power of Being Kind to Yourself, says By giving ourselves unconditional kindness and comfort while embracing the human experience, difficult as it is, we avoid destructive patterns of fear, negativity, and isolation. Being solution oriented is another good way to tap our resilience. If you can make a realistic plan and then stick to it, like going to bed earlier because you're low on energy, or spending an hour over a few evenings buying Christmas gifts so you can avoid the last-minute rush, well, then you're practicing resilience. You're not letting the overwhelm paralyze you. You're continuing to move forward. Researcher and social worker Brene Brown says in her book, Rising Strong, that the thing that most resilient people in the world have in common And bear in mind, she has nearly a half a million pieces of data on human behavior. The thing that they have in common is that they have a tolerance for discomfort. And this means they can still operate when their world is upside down and not turning in the way that it should be. And Ultimately, if you're not being proactive, you're being reactive. And that can lead you right back to the chicken wings and come spring, you'll have a lot more to do to get balanced again. You may not be able to function exactly as normal during times of discomfort, and you probably shouldn't try to because then you're getting into stubborn territory and that lacks the flexibility required for resilience. But if you can keep going, even in an adapted way, then you will have the strength to push through to the other side of adversity and you will have created the opportunity to quickly pick your normal life back up once the storm has passed. A third way to practice resilience is to cultivate an internal locus of control. What that means is the extent to which a person feels like they have control over the events that influence their lives. So while you may not have control over the pandemic, you do have control over staying fit and healthy or celebrating the holiday season in a fun way. If you believed in an external locus of control instead of internal, you would think that you have no power over what you do and that your efforts will not change your situation. People who believe in the extreme about an external locus of control are more likely to suffer from what's called learned helplessness, which is a kind of toxic cocktail of low self-esteem, frustration, lack of motivation, and a propensity towards giving up. So it's really worth having a quick think about how much you value your actions because they do make a difference to your life. And if you can get your thinking in that direction, you can create really positive outcomes for yourself during the times you need them the most. Another big factor in resilience is community. Calling those people who know you best and asking them for help. And you can give help back to them in return if they need it. Friend or family support is like having solid foundations in your house. You don't see them but if they weren't there, then really everything comes falling down. We're all kind of living in the same house at the moment And we all need each other's support. So whether you need a socially distanced walk or a call with someone right now or not, just reach out to your friends because the energy will nourish you both and keep you going. A final way to help you find your resilience comes from Finland. They have a word there called sisu, which defines the concept of going beyond your usual physical or mental capacity in the face of significant adversity or challenge. Now, a key example of Sisu was the First World War, when the Finns spent a brutal winter fighting off the Soviets. Amelia Lotti, a PhD candidate at Aalto University in Helsinki, studied the concept of Sisu and how it can apply to our lives. And she says, Sisu is not so much about achievement as it is about facing your challenges with valor and determination. And She goes on to say, Sisu provides the final empowering push when we would otherwise hesitate to act. We may not have a literal invasion on our hands this winter, but I think it's fair to say that we do need a final empowering push, we don't want to let the next five to six months go to waste or feel like we're treading water as we wait for our turn to be vaccinated. In truth, we don't know what the world will look like in six months, so while it's important to have hope, it's also good to stay on our toes in case we need to pivot again. I love the quote from author Elizabeth Edwards, who says, She stood in the storm, and when the wind did not blow her way, she adjusted her sails. And that's it from me. Have a great day, y'all, and I'll see you back here next week.